0: rahman al alhamdulillah, ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa wa man wala Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters Welcome to the Sufina Society Nothing But Facts live stream Where we are back from the for the first time and the only one for this week oh, I need to Plug in your headphones, they plugged in? Good Because I sort of heard myself for a second there First time back since the UK tour which was Really, nothing short of an uh, of, of a great tour. And what were my intentions for the tour? My intentions were purely like to to, to meet the people, to have suhba with the Muslims, and that's a huge country. We have a lot that we could learn from uh, from what they've done, and I'm sure that they have um, mistakes too. That uh, we can learn from too. So that was the intent. And the intent is I would love to like go to these different populist Muslim countries and even not populist, and, and just have the constant um, sohba every few years with them. Let's see. Uh, let's go over basically what happened. So the first we arrived at Harrow, of course our traveling partner, we went with three guys. We were three of us and two of us made it. On time, the other one was supposed to be ahead of us. Arrive, a third one was our third wheel was supposed to get there ahead of us. He ends up uh, showing up like after us. How did that happen? Who knows, right? But there were a lot of things that nobody knew about. Uh, no, no one expected from that third wheel of our traveling uh, uh, crew. So we get there and we're hosted by these brothers and mashallah, they, you know, took the time out. It's like 11 p.m. and it was a weekday. So I really uh, felt almost embarrassed um, by, you know, being treated so so warmly with them on a weeknight when everybody was, um, uh, you know, it's a work night. One of them even had to took the next day off and then hosted us for breakfast, then took us around. So the first event was in Harrow don't know if it's Harrow or is it Harrow on the Hill exactly because can't remember what it is is it Harrow or Harrow on the Hill can't remember but it was uh, a a big masjid subhanallah it was a very big masjid and there's a lot of masjid that w- that would cons- be considered the biggest masjid you know in, in any american city that were maybe like the fourth biggest masjid in that town so that that event was really good that w- that event was uh, was on uh, planting roots of safety. And we talked a lot about the four uh, ingredients of a community that Imam al-Haddad gave. Sayyidina al-Imam al-Haddad said that every community has four ingredients. If they're healthy and they're, doing their jo- they're working together, you will have a strong community. And he said the first one is the faqih, The second one is the worshiper, the, the zahid. The third one is the mudir the the administrator the, the the leader the manager, and the fourth one is the financier, the one who is very wealthy and he donates for all this to happen because a lot of these things are are not going to be uh um, they're not going to pay for themselves so that was that was the first event at heroin it was a very good event and uh a lot of people were from nothing but facts like most of the people that I met afterwards. Oh, this is what I didn't expect. Like they have adab over there. After every talk, after every talk, a long salam. Wow. Right? After every single talk. And people waited and they they gave salam. It's like they it's like a lot of times you, you get up and you get to talk, say salam to two people and leave, right? But every talk what I did not expect, every talk from the end of the talk till about back to get to the hotel is two, three hours minimum from, you know, the adab of the people to to, to just say salam alaikum, right? Like it was day day day. like Taslim. Like yeah, it's like everyone doing Taslim. Yeah, there's a famous uh,
1: yeah. cultural joke that the English just love to, to make cues. What like is they his, love to line up. His mic's
0: on, right? What is it? What's the joke?
1: The, the, like the English, they just love to make lines oh, wherever they are. Lines. So like
0: if two, people, if two English people yeah. find themselves in a room, they're going to start a line there. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's how it is, man. Well, they're very organized, too, and patient to stand in, in long lines. So uh, that was this thing. Then, I think it was the next morning, we drove up to Birmingham. And it was my first time experiencing uh, England with a car, believe it or not. So my whole time there that I lived there three and a half years was uh, no car, never had a car. And I wonder if, if you can get a car with an American license there. But driving... And I had, I had said, like, lamented about England, how it's always cloudy. MashaAllah. Seven straight days of sun. Like seven straight days. Yeah. So we get to Birmingham. Wakar comes down, scoops us up. We go to Birmingham. Drive the whole. I we take a train. I think we, we made it. No, we took a train. We took, of course, we had our third wheel with us, which meant we missed the first train. And then uh, we we took the train up there. Wakar picks us up there. Again, he's like hosting us and having a work meeting at the same time. So these brothers, mashallah, they did a lot um, to make this trip happen. And then we, that trip, that night was the night that we had to talk with Sheikh Asrar. But first, we we went to another masjid. And there was an, there's an imam there, there's a scholar there, who has trained a lot of shayyukh. His name is Mufti Munawwar. We didn't meet him, but we met one of his best students. And that is, his name is Mulana Anis. And again, they host us in their home, and and then we went to their masjid, and he's he left the biggest masjid there, and he's already, um, he's starting up a small community. It's already exists, but like smaller than MBIC. Like maybe the size of like a third of MBIC. Small community, but very powerful, and they move quickly. Because when you're small, you can move quickly, right? So... What I loved about him is he's somebody he finished the entire curriculum, right? The Dars nizami And Birmingham is one of the few cities that you can finish the entire curriculum without ever leaving your home. Then you leave uh, the city just for the flavor and to do the rehla, you know, the rehla, the journey to, to study, to seek knowledge, to meet the different shiukh, to see the different perspectives, things like that. But you could finish the whole thing in Birmingham. And I think it's one of the um, only cities where, well, well not, not the only city, but it's this one of the cities where there are many different shiyukh you could take from. It's not like one person can take you through or one institution can take you. Many different institutions can take you through. Now, England, there are many cities where you don't have to leave at all. A lot of cities, but I don't know if any city has as many, as much of a variety or number of institutions and shiyukh that can take you from A to Z. Sufyan Society is dedicated to take you from A to intermediate. That's what our goal is at Sufyanis. From zero, you're a complete zero, right? And you're not even convinced of the deen. That, like, that's the audience, and take them to intermediate in all matters of Sunnah. Akhlaq, right, fiqh, uh, lughah, right, whatever you choose of knowledge, but uh, even strengthening uh, iman, things like this. Of course, uh, we can only guide people to the deeds that increase Iman and Allah guides. Okay? Uh, that's the meaning of kulli qawmin had. Every people have a, a guide, which is a prophet. Right? But Allah is the only guide. right? Uh, we have that too in the Quran. It means that a human guide can guide you to the actions through which Allah guides you. So that's, that's what it is. So we did that talk, rested up, then went down to the um to the big event and that that big event was the masjid was called it was like the f- third or fourth biggest masjid but the most active masjid that's what they told me right it was the most active um and there was Sheikh Asrar and they had a they had a a, a committee and a board that was almost like they praised them a lot they said you know every time the president is asked, he said, go for the best, you know, do it, go for the best. So he's an encouraging elder. And I note that because a lot of communities do not have that. And a lot of people complain about the elders being always holding the rope and the youth sort of like trying to do something, but they can't. Well, this message was the opposite. Lozell's, the message was called Lozell. Okay. Lozell Central Mosque. And it was an area where in the past there was, was riots yeah there were riots like uh in the 90s not nothing to do with the masjid but to do with um uh i guess you could say like south Asians in general right indians and pakistanis were getting pushed around and bullied around by what are they like african british uh not somalis like just regular black british people and they ended up having a clash there so it was it was pretty well uh, it's a famous area for that riot but in any event, that masjid was packed. And I'm thinking to myself, subhanAllah, it's a weeknight. And that masjid, I would say, is probably bigger than what we know as ICJ, our reference point. It's bigger than ICJ. It was just packed and bigger. Yeah, bigger. And it wasn't even the biggest masjid in the, in the town. That's what I'm saying, in the city. So I look up and um, uh, packed a group and then... Uh, I gave my talk. Sheikh Asrar gave his talk. We took a few Q and A's, and then, to be honest with you, the real party started. Uh-huh. Firstly, we had an, uh, an about an hour of taslim. Not even kidding you, uh-huh. Sheikh Asrar, myself, an hour taslim. The taslim to me is so important. We don't have believe in these ivory tower people, right? That's why the ulama always did their things with the people and. Everyone's accessible and approachable. So it was important, you know, to to meet everybody. So many people from the live stream came on from the live stream. And in specific, there were some people too from my my Medicy Fit class. So so then um after that we spent about two hours hanging out with Sheikh Asrar. Of course I got tons of books and talked a lot with Sheikh Asrar. Every evening a whole spread of food was put out after the events. We were treated very generously that was that wrapped up that night next night we went to um, Bradford and in Bradford we began with um, Mustafa Mount now Mustafa Mount is it's the old University of Bradford now Bradford is I think as populous as Birmingham it's maybe not as famous as Birmingham but I mean in percentage. Percentage of Muslims. Oh, okay. There's a lot of Muslims in Bradford. Like, I don't, I, I don't even knew about Bradford, to be honest with you. Right? This is the first time I ever even heard of Bradford. But this one, this place, they say that the, the number of Muslims in this city, the percentage is very high. Now, when we're talking percentage, we, it may be 10% of the city, but they're concentrated. So, like, the, the, a certain part of the city. I'm not even kidding you. You walk in certain areas or you're driving with your car you might think you can't, you can fool yourself and think you're in a Muslim country. That's how many Muslims were there. Now, well, in Bradford, they purchased the University of Bradford, which is a nice campus, big campus, and they only use one building right now. They purchased the university? Purchased the university. University went defunct. It's a, it's a poor city, apparently. Oh, wow. So the university basically went broke. Okay. And they sold it to the Muslims, but the Muslims had to—they couldn't just buy it, right? They had to sell them on. Uh, they had to sell them on why, like, what are they going to do? Is it going to improve the community, et cetera, et cetera? Then they were pleased with the with the buyer. Now Sheikh Ibrahim himself does not reside in Bradford; he resides in Liverpool, where he oversees another project called the Felicity House. I met two of their teachers, and the Felicity House—they teach all the age groups. Sheikh Ibrahim, I guess he, Sheikh Ibrahim teaches the adults, and there were some uh, sisters from there that taught the 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 kids. So uh, he's very active up there, but he's in two cities now: Liverpool and Bradford. Mashallah, a lot of majhood. So after that, Juma, we met Sheikh Yusri Jabir and had lunch with Sheikh Yusri Jabir. He's a, he's an Egyptian. I think he's a medical physician and a sheikh at the same time. So he has his own masjid. And he's a doctor. We sat with him, had a great lunch. It was a great opportunity. That's why why England is one of those cities. All the, every all the sheikhs go to England. Like you want to meet the sheikh from the east, they're always going to England. Okay, and so if you're an American, you go to England is probably where like if 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 a sheikh is coming to your to England, you book your flight and you go, right? Because it's cheap, it's cheaper and easier to get the visa. You don't even have to get a visa. Yeah. Just just go. So uh, I met him. We then went to Bradford MSA. It's not MSA. They have another organization, like Theological Society or something like that, as an Ahl-Sunnah organization. And I did a podcast with them, with Mahdi Lock. Sheikh Mahdi Lock. It was a great podcast. He was saying stuff. I'm like, I'm just to steal this and give it in my next talk, right? He was saying stuff, and he's kind of come out with a book. Translation of Sheikh Saeed's book on love in the Quran. And he made a point that knocked me off my chair. He said, People look at what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says. He says, Whosoever of you leaves this religion, Allah will bring forth the people whom He loves and they love. He loves them and they love him. So he said, what therefore is the diagnosis of ridda?" He said, it's not not being convinced. It's not loving Allah. Or it's loving something else more than you love Allah. That is the real diagnosis of ridda." So he says, if, you, if someone asks you a question and you answer it with a kalami answer or any like ilm kalam or anything like that. And they're not convinced. The solution is not more kalam. The solution is not more arguments, right? Their mind is being informed by the state of their heart, and any Islamic movement that is bereft of love is from Shaitan, right? Because you make people hate this movement, and any action that makes people hate Islam, that is an action that is, you know, uh, not necessary. Some actions are necessary, right? Uh, like it or hate it, is necessary. That is from Shaitan to make people hate the Deen once or the love of a, of, a, of a mutually exclusive doctrine, right? People love contradictory things all the time, yeah. right? I know people who love scholars and they like certain presidents and the president is un-Islamic. He's like against Muslims, <laughs> right? But some, for some nationalistic reason, he loves them. Yeah. So what it is then is that it's if you love something else more than you love Allah, then eventually when those two roads cross and you come at a fork in the road, you're going to choose... The other one. So the apostasy people leaving Islam is because they didn't have love in their hearts. And that's the importance of a religion that has order, that has reason, that has law, that has social aspects, but most importantly, has a lot of love in it. And the love does not just, you know, where does it come from? It comes from the believers too, from a teaching, that the hadiths and the verses that you emphasize. And it comes from the examples out there, right? The, the love also comes from people. So we went to that. Then that evening, what did we do that evening? We went from Birmingham. We went to Bolton. And that was a great event. Bolton was a great event. Bolton was an organization. Um, it, it, was a, it was a young organization called the Said Institute, named after one of the scholars of Jordan, Okay. And in that there was a chef a scholar who is their leader there. He's chef a Chafé scholar and he he has books uh that I that that he gave me too. So they hosted me for that event and that event was I felt it was like the demographic just like MBSC, basically. All like young families. Not necessarily like some of them were like young single people but I felt like it was the most of the young families. And that was a great event in which we talked a, a lot about the Sierra and then the community. I actually got the topic wrong a couple times. Like a couple times. A couple times they actually told me, you got the whole topic wrong. You mixed up the topics, right? Because I'm like looking at the WhatsApp group and unfortunately not always paying attention. So I just read the blurb of the message, not realizing, oh, this is for the for other masjid, right? <laughs> Yeah, I give like different talks, but it's okay. It all it was all uh, funny. I actually I, I forgot to tell you about the first trip we took was to UCL, the Islamic Society of. Uh, they call them ISOCs, Islamic Society instead of MSA, of UCL. And there, uh, whenever I go to the college to campuses, there are like mines everywhere. You know, like a mine, you step on it, it blow up. So I'm very cautious on campuses, and I was very cautious, and. My poor organizers were like, "Oh, this this tour is going to be a bust," right? Okay. Because I was very, very cautious about that talk, and I kept it very general. And I didn't—I was not in the mood. You know, when you're in the mood to cause some drama, I can cause drama anytime I'm in the mood, right? On Twitter, right? <laughs> but I was just not in the mood to cause. But I felt personally the first poor part of the talk was very important on how Shaitan does not trick you. His, his his goal with you is not sins That is just a means to the real goal the, the, the means is sins And once he gets you to give up on making tawbah And cleaning your heart out Then he gets you to the real uh, goal of his Which is doubt about Allah Having doubts Shubuhat Shahawat and shubuhat Isn't that the best talk for university students? Because they're now in a ta- in, in a place filled with shubuhat And shahawat yeah. Right, they're filled, They're they're in a place one of the most unhealthy places to be is the university campus. All youth, okay, a lot of nakedness, especially in the spring, and then ends up filled with Shabuhat too. Every other movement is there, you know, trying to recruit members to themselves or trying to bring people to their ideology. So I forgot to mention that one. That was actually the first talk we gave. Is your, is pride, huge, huge. Yeah, yeah. 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 Europe is just like, I was speaking to my tutor in Morocco. Yeah. And he was like, "Like anything America does, it's like a plague. Like, everyone just follows America. It's totally plague. Even in Morocco, it used to be illegal. Now they're just like, oh, just look past it. Like, just let it happen, Uh but just don't say anything. (laughs) It's it's crazy. No, it's gone out of hand. The United Nations today, uh, in front of their building, they took down every nation's flag and put pride flags instead. I mean, like a, like a hundred... How many flags are in front of the UN? Something is wrong with you people. Like, it's excessive. It is beyond. Yeah. Allah described you properly when he said, Musrifin. Yeah. Allah says, Musrifin. People who don't know the limits of things. It's like, when is enough enough? That's why all these justice movements and all these... Any movement that's based on some kind of passion or, or, or desire or man-made justice, they, they're runaway trains. Whereas Allah tells us, here you, ha- you have attained justice. This is the beauty of having an absolute. So if I want to know, if have I done right or wrong by somebody, I can know that. It's not by how you feel if I did right or wrong by you, right? We have a book that tells us, if you have done this, you paid the t- your landlord rent, you've done halas, that's it. You've done justice to him. What does do you want? I don't need to sugarcoat it. I don't need to do anything. So at what point, for these groups, will they be, ever be satisfied? They'll never be satisfied. Especially a, a, an organization based upon, or a movement based upon temptation and desire, right? It'll never be satisfied. So it's never going to end. Um, I'm sure one day the White House will just take their flag down and put the uh, pride flag up. yeah. yeah. Just paint it. Just paint, it. paint it and call it a day. Put it in the Constitution so we can be, know now where we're going. Right? let the Constitution right? be written on a rainbow yeah, rainbow with white ink. Put it there. Put it in right. So that's the beauty of an absolute again. If you come to our country, hey, we have a book. Here, there's a book. These are the rules. It's never going to change, right? It will never change. This is stuff you're not allowed to say, you're not allowed to do in public. Behind the closed doors, we can't control you, right? Sharia doesn't go behind closed doors. It, uh, the Sharia, in terms of the execution of the law by the Sultan, he doesn't go into your homes, Right. Of course, there's Sharia every, for every for, for us in our homes, but for the Sultan, he doesn't go into your home unless he believes that you are like plotting and planning, but you want to do do whatever you want to do, do it at home. But the book on what you're not allowed to do in this country, you study in, in, in two weeks, uh, two hours. In two hours, I can list you everything and then give you the green card. All right. You agree? Sign off right there. Because if you break these rules, you're going to be in trouble. All right. These rules will never change for 200 years, for 2,000 years, for 5,000 years. The rule is, those are the rules. For us today, you don't know where it's going. And the degree of the, I'm shocked by Owen Benjamin. You know, this comedian he is extremely openly. It's like we, I would understand that if a Muslim was openly against that. Cause we're not really on the radar. Plus we have a religion, everything like what's driving him. And isn't he like going to lose his whole life? He must be living on a farm. He must be living on a farm with his own cows and his own stream of water and saying, to hell with everybody. No one, you, you, I, I don't care if I get canceled anywhere, right? He must be. I'm pretty sure he literally is. Like, he must be, right? It's got to be. It's got to be like that. Cause his, I can't even read you what he said. We maybe, we'll get to it in the segment. We'll have to be bleeped out. Everything will have to be bleeped out. The late night version. Yeah. Luton was a great trip. After Luton... We then went, um, no, no Bolton, sorry Bolton, Bolton first. That was Bolton. After Bolton, we got into the car again and we went down and we spent the next rest of the trip in a town right outside London called High Wycombe. Okay, this, uh, th- this, this, this little town has this area where we stayed, which is almost. On the way to High Wycombe, we stopped by a man by the name of Sheikh Ansar. And his organization was one of the sponsors of our trip. His organization is called Medina 313. Okay. One of the best organizations in terms of like what they're doing, what they're trying to do, and their attitude. Right. So what they do is they do a mektab after school. There's not a lot of Islamic schools there in England. There are, there's like masajid, there's darulums but the islamic schools like the way we have them here k through 12 they don't really have that it must be expensive to do so all the kids go to these after school programs so sheikh ansar his organization is called medina 313 he's very versatile okay firstly he comes out with a stick beard turban thobe, right i'm like that's the look right (laughs) you know exactly what you're getting okay that's the look. When I get old, I'm not going to change out of those clothes, inshallah, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's how I want to be. Just when the kids see him, they know what's, what's the, what the deal is, right? And he has a gym, and he has like a building with classrooms. He has Hifz al-Quran, and there's a, a uh, what do they call it, dojo? Dojo? Like where you fight. Yeah, everybody's doing wrestling. Huh? Everyone's doing boxing, BJJ, and they call it the Bedr Fight Club. <laughs> right. The Bedr Fight Club. Yep. And uh, and he ends up uh, having dozens upon dozens upon dozens of Shabab coming. And their interest is the jujitsu, the Bedr Club. There's a gym next door. Right. All like in like one one area. A, a gym. And he also purchased or they gave him a soccer team in the local club. Right. <laughs> And, and they have a soccer team, and they wear green and white, right? And they're, like, he sponsors the team. And they play there with uh, akhlaq, with, with prophetic akhlaq. And they have a soccer team, right? Yes, a full soccer team. And I think, like, they have, like, Badr 313, right? And then in Latin, it says, Muhammad is our master, right? So it's, a, it's an official soccer team with, like, games every Sunday and everything. But his institute owns the team. Right, so um, they got jerseys. You know how soccer? We don't have this in America, but soccer, they change a jersey like every year, like totally change a jersey every year for us. But we don't. They they, they re- don't really do that. They maybe have one alternate. But he showed me all the different jerseys that they have. Right, so I loved about it that it was active. It was um, all kids from any all sorts of kids come. Doesn't matter. Like they're not all from the same family of Menhaj, right? They're like all only Shafi kids or only, or only like, um, you know, mutasawf-oriented families go. Everyone goes. Everyone goes. They learn Quran. They learn Sirah. They learn Fiqh. Okay, they learn Akhlaq. And when you walk in, the first thing you see is like a presentation of prophetic things, like the mud of the Prophet, wow. a soil from Medina with the, with the, the ring symbol of the Prophet Wasallam, like a shama'il picture. So the first thing you see when you get there is almost like a commemoration or a, um, a display of the Prophet. And then he has quotes everywhere from like different wise sayings and things like that. So it was very impressive work. And that's the work you live and die to do. You hope to live doing that and die doing that. Um, and inshallah, that's Shahada. So after, after we went to that town, then we went to High Wickham. And there we were hosted by the Karima Foundation. Now, the Karima Foundation is a group of young guys. Right with a strong leader, and two young scholars that are with them. There may be a third one who, who I may not have met. Okay. no, no, there's a third. There was, there were three. Sorry, there were three. Right, the first one was Sheikh Awesome. Oh yeah. You know Awesome? Yeah. How do you know him?
1: Um, he's kind of affiliated with our, our organization or a company that I'm part of. Uh, who actually, Sayboen came on the, the podcast the
0: other day. Yeah. Awesome. No, 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 no. Awesome. Um, uh, here, let me get it for you. Uh, let's see if there's a last name here. Um, bu- 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 boom. Uh, awesome. That's it. <laughs> awesome. Like, like <laughs> He's a scholar. He's a young scholar. Right, and he's the, and he's the act, and he is the one who, um, I don't know, maybe, Asma'yu. So he he was our host for the second part, along with Wakar. Wakar came the whole the the uh, down too, and and then there's a scholar, a kalam expert. I would say he's not going to call himself an expert, but in my eyes, he's an expert. An expert does not mean somebody that knows every single thing, but it's someone whom can sit with the experts and be part of the discussion. Right? And his name was Shams Tamiz. Okay, I kept saying Shams Tabriz the whole time, but it was Shams Tabriz. <laughs> Shams Tabriz was the friend of Rumi. Islam. Uh, 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 So he was... Or Rahimahullah. Jamian, all of them. Uh, so he was he, he was a scholar that I spoke uh, next to in these events. Right? And Asim was like the coordinator, he's the worker He is one of these guys who's a scholar, but he's a worker And they're trying to build like a Ahl-Sunnah, but non-denominational It's like Ahl-Sunnah, but they don't want to They want to do something a little bit different Which is that they don't want to necessarily put a line in the sand on everything So that it could absorb a lot of people And I spoke next to Abu Aliya, Sheikh Abu Aliya You know him? The Humble Eye is his website Essentially. The humble eye is where he writes everything. Sheikh Abu he gave an amazing talk, right? And he quoted one of the quotes he said the most important knowledge that you have is the knowledge of the, the present. All right. And then the second most important knowledge you have is the knowledge of uh the uh, of, of of how to keep, maintain the knowledge of the present. He quoted um I think it been Zarnuji on that. But he gave an amazing talk on modernity. Uh, Shems Tamiz gave uh, another talk and then I gave a talk on, uh, I'm waiting for that talk to come out actually uh, uh, on YouTube. So we'll wait for them. And if someone is here from there, from Karima, just please put it up. So then that was the first, that was the first night with them. That was a Saturday night or a Sunday night talk. It was a Sunday night talk, I think. And then after that, we had another after party. You, bro, you come around with these, the, the way we do things, man, you're going to gain weight. You're going to gain weight. And there we had a, a guest, a surprise guest, Hamza Stortzes. I had, it was his second meeting with him. The first meeting was a lunch. We just had a lunch with Mohammed Hijab and Hamza sources early other on, on the first um, day in London. And then we went for, with, uh, he, he he hung out with us and had another three hour, two hour Hang out at the Karima Foundation headquarters so uh, the, sc- we, the, the, the event was in a school, a regular primary school. that school is seventy to eighty percent Muslim kids. Wow. public school <laughs> I mean it's just it's something else it's another world, but it's like they're cousins almost because they're like English speaking right so so that was a really that was a blast. We had a blast, okay so the whole night we had a blast, then we left next day okay was um the next day was two things the first day was a podcast the pot, we did a podcast with so now we're talking sunday it's now sunday we did a podcast with the um with Hussein, lover Hussein Hussein the Blood Brothers podcast you heard of it he so he runs five pillars uk oh, okay. he, or he's one of the i think he's one of the founders and he's also he has a blood brothers podcast it's one of the best podcasts out there because he's a podcaster. he's not necessarily or he like he's an interviewer. he's not necessarily uh, putting something out himself. He lets the speaker put it out. And it was a great exchange back and forth, right? It was a really good exchange back and forth. Someone wanted uh, ask me a question about the madiki. He asked a couple of Madike fit questions if someone's utterance of talak, talak, talak uh, counts, and the answer is no, it does not count. You would have to say something or write something. In addition to that, even if someone said, what do you want to do with your wife? And you said talaq, when the Maliki school would not be considered talaq. Okay. You'd have to say something else alongside with it. Okay. So uh, we go to the studio. It's uh, Blood Brothers, episode number 98. Can you put it up? Just the link. Right. Uh, Episode number 98. It was a really fun episode. Right. And it's also a fun episode because you know that the host is essentially you know his beliefs. You essentially know he's like a Muslim who doesn't stand for nonsense, right? He's not a progressive or a liberal or anything like that, so you're comfortable with him, right? So it, w- it was a good podcast. Then we went down. Now it's a beautiful sunny day, but it's Sunday, and we're starting to get a little bit tired. We go to Milton Keynes. Milton Keynes is a masjid we get in, and do you know the feeling of Sunday when you're tired? And it's a Sunday, right? <laughs> It's like the whole, the whole city's tired, everyone's tired, everyone's lagging. We get there and there's like a splattering of people. And I'm thinking to myself, you know what? We're just going to give everything it's due, right? Just You're going to do something, you do it right. And just had to muster up the energy. And as the night went on, right, everything picked up. The mess just started to, pick, to pack up. We after us, there were some munchets. Then we got a gift from Allah. A Baalawi Sheikh walks in. All right, German based, <laughs> Zanzibarian Baalawi Sheikh. And I said to myself, this: what happens when you when you give everything its due? Allah Taala gives you a reward, and he sparked the rest of the evening. He was a spark. He was a disciple of Habib Ahmashul Haddad, and he's the translator of Key to the Garden in German. You know the famous book, Miftahul Jannah? And he came in, and at first, I'm giving the talk. He comes in. I didn't um, know if this is part of the program or what. He sat down. His name is Sheikh Mohammed Saleh. He sat down. And then someone would break him a chair. Then I thought to myself, I'm on a stage, right? I was like, no, oh, this doesn't look good at all. Yeah. This is not right. So he came to this stage. It became a program for both of us now. Then everything just picked up. Then they finished with salam, uh, standing salam. Then another after party. And we saw another young organization called the Lotus, uh, the Tree Institute, or just the Tree. I can't remember if the institute's part of the name or not. And that was another hangout, right? This time with the sheikh. And we did the ratib right and every, every every program we did dhikr every program i'm pretty sure every program we did dhikr except in birmingham maybe there wasn't time because but um after the the event with uh, Sheikh abu Aliyah and the one that hamza sources came to we did dhikr right with Sheikh tamiz and, and then um hamza Tabriz did dhikr man <laughs> right we use mbic sticker book we took mbic there man yeah, yeah. we just we did like half hour ones. and then with with Sheikh Muhammad Sa'ad we did a ratib but just a ratib that's it but it was really powerful like you could tell this is somebody who has been on this doing this for so much, so long that the hits are stronger right kane maybe 70 Salah, not not your sheikh no 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 your sheikh People, I met people who know your sheikh, yeah, Muhammad Sadiq. or like, or the sheikh that you know that you visit in Canada. So that was the Milton Keynes. Uh, that was the um, Milton Keynes, and then the Lote Tree event. Now the next day, the last was the last day. Monday was the last day of the tour, and what did we do Monday morning? I can't remember. Oh, Monday morning, we had lunch with Masud Khan. Masood Khan he gets the credit and has the fadl and Allah chose him for something great which was that right when the internet was coming about he tracked down the shiuch and got articles. Sheikh Nuh Keller, Sheikh Abdul Hakim Murad, Sheikh Hamzi Yusuf. Masood.co.au Masood. He used to be called Masood, I think it was called the Masood Khan website early on. Right? And just simple. Masood Khan website, articles. That's it. You click. Noor Keller, see his articles. Abd hakim Murad, see his articles, right? Fatwa ab-Murabat al-Hajj on following a method, see the article. Now, it's just called Masud.co.uk, And, no, no, with a U. -U M-A-S-U-D. .co.uk, yeah. And then, what I didn't expect... Oh, look at the website now. Very nice website. So that, so that, that, the website is, I'm looking at the website right now, and it has... Fe- it features these these articles that are... It seems like it's like a long-form article, right? Like, you don't go to this to surf around and find a nice quote. Yeah. You're going to read, right? Go up again real quick. See the tabs? Uh, everything about the Prophet, that's the first tab. Sheikh Nuh Keller is the second tab. Sheikh Abdul Hakim Murad is the second tab. Then there's fiqh, haqira, tasawuf, biographies, history, things related to September 11th, featured videos. Okay. Scan down a bit. Different articles. Keep going. So, um, we went to, we he, he hosted us for a lunch, and then we ended up, a um, uh, very important website, this one. A lot of important things. And then after that, he took us to the local masjid. Now, it was really quaint, I would say. Mm-hmm. There's a little street, and the the place is called, the city is called Aylesbury, I think. Uh, there was a little street that led to an open grass on one side and the masjid on the other side. And it used to be a masjid with um, step with, with, with a courtyard with a fountain, then steps, then you go into the masjid, just like the Ottoman mosques. And I think in India they do the same thing. Courtyard with a fountain in it, then you go up some steps, then you enter the masjid. But because of space and need, they flattened all that and cl- covered the courtyard. Mm-hmm. Right? But it used to have that. but. It really had a, you could tell it was one of the old masajid that has that type of flair to it, right? That that barakah to it, uh, that flavor, I should say. And we prayed duhr and asr there. And then we went down to the last event, which was with Sheikh Asim Yusuf and Shamsa Tamiz. Sheikh Asim Yusuf, also known as uh, Talib al Habib. And he gave a very uh, – I was supposed to talk at it. He's going to talk at it. He gave the talk first. And I'm like, I hope there's, like, some stuff going on between us because his talk was powerful. He had a very – he had a very powerful talk. And he talked about the, like, the coronation of a king – Gives you a glimpse of what it's gonna be like when the Messenger sallallahu alaihi is the only one allowed to prostrate and speak to Allah on the Day of Judgment and pray for mercy. Like he he brought that. It's an image you'll never forget it from then on because he described the coronation of a king. What does the coronation of a king look like in British history, or like in, in British in the British way of doing things? What does the coronation of a king look like? there are people singing, there are high priests doing stuff, right? Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a big spectacle, right? It's a big event, and it's filled with tradition, and it's filled with like, um, it gives you a, a sense of grandeur. And he basically said, you think that on the Day of Judgment, when the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam prostrates, and Allah inspires in him words of praise, and he asks Allah for his mercy, that basically after if this prayer is after this prayer, then the doors of mercy open up and people enter paradise eternally, infinitely, forever. Right? Do you think that a coronation will be more grand than that moment of the Prophet? And the Prophet will be essentially at that moment the savior of all Bashar, of all people. Because the, the, the Shafa will not occur without him. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And once he prostrates. And he is, of course, the, the uh, manifestation of the greatest divine mercy. As was Habib Qadim in Medina, last time I was in Medina, Habib Qadim made the point. He said, The, the mercy of Allah ta'ala, all the manifestation of divine attributes do not just fall down to the sky, they come through something created. Mm. Right? That's why the Prophet said, I am the mercy given to you as a gift. And the Rahmatul Muhda. Right, I'm the mercy given to you as a gift. So he is the, the, the Prophet is a manifestation of that. Because some aqul, some minds may think, Oh, you think that the Prophet has more mercy than Allah? No, the Prophet is the mercy of Allah. Manifested in the form of a creation. So the Prophet makes this prostration. And it is a prostration that all will witness. And then the Prophet will speak words of praise that no one has ever spoken before. And that will be accepted. And the great fear of the punishment and the hisab will transform into mercy. And people will be getting, forgiven, getting forgiveness, getting forgiveness, getting forgiveness. And then the Prophet will be interceding. And then the believers will be allowed to intercede for whatever number that Allah allots for them. He gave that talk, right? Then, um, I did, you can't, you, you, there's such a powerful sentiment, there has to be a break, Right? So I was like praying that they do some other qasidas. I'm going to go to the bathroom, right? Because I didn't even want to talk after that because I wanted that sentiment or that image that he put to settle, right? There shouldn't have been any talk like immediately after that. So then alhamdulillah, they did qasidas again for another 15 minutes. And then so then afterwards, then I gave that final talk. And that was uh, Monday night. And then Tuesday Uh, Our flights were delayed once, so we took the next flight. And then when we came back, we circled over Newark a couple times because of the smoke. So people may have heard the news that there are forest fires in Canada. And the air is smoke is coming down. So the first wave of forest fires have brought a yellow tint over all of the tri-state area. Pictures of New York were insane. Okay. It was like Mars. I'm telling you, everything was like yellow. And then that smoke is gone. We're getting another batch tomorrow. Oh, really? Yeah. We're getting another. Right now. Yeah. It was really good. No, because they're coming in waves, right? So that's what it, outside yesterday was something else. I'm telling you, yesterday was something else. Okay, um, we have to. Whenever something weird stuff happens like this, you just have to remember Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala because they are signs from Allah about His of His power. Like you can't control the sky, you can't control the winds, you can't control these fires. Human beings should know their weakness. And I gave the talk at at High Wycombe's uh, final gathering was on the importance of muchness in remembrance of Allah Taala, like quantity. Many things It's not the quantity It's the quality Right But this is the quantity Okay uh, One of the verses That I didn't mention Was very simple وَذْكُرُوا la Remember Allah much So that you may have success That means If you're having weakness In your business Do dhikr if Weakness You're not successful In your Any endeavor Remember Allah Now what's gonna happen Is the success gonna come down No by, re- by that remembrance, you put yourself in a position to receive the advice. You put yourself in a re- position to receive, okay, you soften your heart and you open it to be inspired to receive the asbab, the causes that will help you. Mm-hmm. That's how we understand that the value of, of how dhikr says, someone says, uh, why would you do dhikr when you need to go out and change your situation? But sometimes you cannot change a situation in your current state you need to elevate your conscience consciousness you need to purify your heart so you can receive inspiration the inspiration of allah is always coming but you, but your heart may be closed that's why we with remember allah much so that you may have success anyone who has like stalling in a stalling in things um st- stalling in their business stalling in their work do much remembrance of allah so that you may have success okay so uh that is that was a summary, and next day we left. We took the flight back. We circled around Newark. We came down. Uh, all three of us were just uh, cooked. Spent all Wednesday a very slow day on Wednesday, and then the whole th- news was basically all the um, uh, the sky yesterday was insane, and it cleared this this afternoon. It cleared, but we're going to get another wave of that smoke, according to the forecasters, on Wednesday. Hmm. We, we, we came in, and I started getting texts, and Aqeel, who was with me, I'm not going to say who was the third wheel that, that just basically was the source of the comedy, comic relief of the whole trip, <laughs> slash chaos. I'm not going to say who it is. But Aqeel was with me, right? <laughs> and he said, hey, doctor uh, look, uh, I'm being told don't breathe heavy when you get in, and there's smoke, right? <laughs> and then about 10 minutes later, we could smell the smoke in the plane yeah because the i i guess like you can't avoid it it was seeping through right so we actually smelled the smoke in the in the plane right so we smelled the smoke in the plane and we um uh we ca- we got down we had to circle a couple times then it was it came down yeah.
1: I'm pretty sure I saw your plane, like but I was like, I, I'm pretty sure I yeah. know which plane that is. So. Yeah. I said, so that, but it's Salam. like, you're <laughs> like, i see you like that. Yeah, we just kept we
0: going around the... for about, you know, maybe two, three times before we finally landed. Yeah. Uh, so it was it was me, it was Akil, it was, um, uh, Nafiz was with us, right? Now, Nafiz is like the biotech genius. Now, I left out one thing. <laughs> I forgot one tech, one thing. We went to Luton. When we went to Jami'atul Medina and saw a sheikh there named uh, Mubin Raza. And that is Sheikh Murad's roommate from Turkey. Oh. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. Just, it was a madrasa started, founded by Ilyas, Sheikh Ilyas Qadri. He has 18 in England, all fully funded. Wow. You study for free. right? Full time. You want to study? Study for free. right? You go there, you study for free. In Luton. And there's 18 others. There's one of 18 in the country. <laughs> next time you go to England, do you ever go? No, oh, you go to Canada. Okay, Omar Khattak goes to England. Um, so okay. I'll 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 give him uh I who? States, think, Sheikh Muhammad Sadiq No, no. Omar. Omar Khattak, no, we didn't we didn't cross paths. Sheikh Said al was there oh, yeah. in Birmingham, literally the next masjid down the road. Wow. But we, we didn't there was no time for me to go. They actually had invited me to go to an event that he was at, but their schedules didn't allow. I would have went. Um So that was the trip. That was the news. I come back. Everything should be good and fine. And what do I find? A ticket in the mail. Are you guys actually serious? Okay. Huh? To my house. With my name, my driver's license information. Okay. My birthday, my phone number. And... Who... Okay. Okay. Identity identify the 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 uh, department slash agency animal control office. Oh, I
1: see.
0: <laughs> okay. Oh, so cool. By certification on oath, says to the best of their knowledge, that the named defendant, okay, uh, in New Brunswick, has committed the following offense colon description of offense male goat. <laughs> that's the description of the offense, and uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, okay, um, uh, I'm thinking to myself, all right, what's the quiz is going to cost me?" Like annoying 56 bucks, 64 bucks. I look, I can't find any number. So I start reading you know these tickets, you know exactly where to look, right? You, they check on a box, it has a number, a letter next to it, you go to the back of the ticket, you look at the letter, and you see how much it costs. There's no letter. I look down at the what what is my penalty? You are hereby summoned to appear before this court to answer the complaint. If you fail to appear on a day and time, a financial sanction may be imposed. A warrant may be issued for your arrest or both. Okay. And then it has an X on the box that says court appearance required. Court appearance required. So they're, they're going to send me, I guess, a letter. I guess we operate in the world of letters. They have my number. It says send me a text message. But I guess we're operating in the world of letters in the mail. And we're eventually, probably, hopefully, it'll be a virtual um, uh, court, right? Imagine I, I walk into court and they, they call my name out. Could you plug this in? Make sure it's plugged in. This one here. Oh, it's plugged in. It's good. I walk in and, they, and they're reading the offenses, right? There's one guy's speeding, one guy's like, you know, driving over the limit. What are you here for? Owning a goat. How is that going to go down? What what is the judge going to ask me? Why did you own a goat? I said I'm going to say, Your Honor, I'm on Twitter. I needed a goat to get close to nature, <laughs> right, and away from the toxic world. And then, um, but they see this is what they did. I put the goat in the masjid, in the house that the masjid has, because we have a lot of land. Okay, the neighbor complains. They show up Monday morning. They bring me over and. Uh, they say, yeah, I know you're just maybe having having a pet or whatever, but you can't do it in North Brunswick. I said, okay, fine. I took it at North Brunswick. I put it into New Brunswick, right? Because I can't just call the farmer. He's a doctor. The farmer is a doctor. The farm owner is a doctor, right? These people don't have time, right? And I'd have classes and, uh, at night, and he works in the day. So Monday is the worst day for this to happen. If it was a weekend, fine. We could deal with it. So I just take it to here, take it here. So I said, I've, I complied with their wishes. I took it out of the township. I put it in another township where hopefully nobody complains. So first day goes by, second day goes by. Then what happened was there was like a light pole being fixed or something. And a cop had to stop traffic or monitor the construction or whatever. And he looks and sees it go. And he reports it. No, no one else, no one, none of the neighbors reported it. So tell me, let me get this straight. You can have a pit bull, but you can't have a goat. (laughs) Explain that in logic to me. What is our topic today beyond this? Our topic today is a um, amazing job by an organization called the Coalition of Virtue. That is what we're going to highlight today. Okay. Montgomery County. Um, i'm trying to find the exact article muslim parents trans okay find the article oh here we go okay everybody is covering the work of a brother named i the the, the representative of the organization whom i know is karim Munib. someone i know from the past He's the rep of this organization, if not the founder, okay? I don't want to say something wrong that belittles the other people involved in this organization. There's no doubt a lot of people are involved, but he's the one I know, okay? And I believe he's the founder. The Coalition of Virtue is an organization which, for which y- you can open a chapter. Uh, you can open a chapter for this. It's going to be nationwide. Let me tell you exactly what their statement is. Okay. The Coalition of Virtue seeks to protect Muslim children in public schools from gender ideology. And what they wanted to do is get an opt-out. And Karim Unib and the Muslim organization, you look at this, regular Muslims, okay, have went into... Okay protest the Maryland school system policy and there were hearings and everything, which I'm going to read to you, had hearings and everything so that an opt-out can be restored. They're not even telling them don't teach it in the schools. Right? They're just saying let us out. Everyone's covering this. Okay? Everyone's covering this event. I'm, re- I'm going to read it to you from a news agency i would never read from before. It's called the Catholic News Agency. Okay? <laughs> The Catholic news agency, they uh, Laura Ingram had him on Fox, and she said, "Us Catholics have been waiting for you Muslims to, to step up." Okay, that's what she said. Us Catholics have been waiting for you Muslims to step up, right? Which is news to me, but <laughs> <laughs> that, that that that's what she said. Which I am telling you, just by if we just keep doing this. Just keep showing up, keep showing. You never know what's gonna happen. You just never know how the ball is going to work. Listen to what she says. Okay. Why is she saying that? Because one of the administrators of the county said that the Muslims who are against this trans education for their kids, this gender education for their kids, you are like most white supremacists. You're with the white supremacists. Like, okay, you're with the Satanists, right? <laughs> okay. Karim Monique, Karim Monique, is it. Of, Coalition of Virtue And organize a rally over this issue. Karim, you and I were talking before the show, and us Catholics and uh, uh, other Christians, other people of faith have been waiting for the Muslims to step up on this issue and so many others. And you really are doing it in your See? Uh we stepped up, he stepped up. A whole group of people stepped up. He says here, a group of Muslim parents joined parental and religious freedom rights advocates Tuesday to protest a Maryland school system's new policy that removes the parents authority to opt their children out of coursework that promotes homosexuality and transgenderism. Okay. The June 6th protest at the Montgomery County public school district's headquarters was led by a group called family rights for religious freedom. About 50 parents and activists carried signs that read "Family Rights" and restore the opt out. Okay, so it was it was launched by another group. I guess the Coalition of Virtue, which is Kadim's organization, was at the forefront of it. Okay, restore the opt out. Said signs "Family Rights." Said another signs "Religious Freedom." Said another sign "Protect Our Children." Okay, now here's the funny thing that Elon Musk noted: the they were saying "Protect Our Children," so the the, the trans world, they organized a counter-protest also chanting, protect our children. Uh, Elon Musk tweets, they're chanting, protect our children. They're not your children, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right? They want to protect children that aren't even theirs. Okay? They can't have children because of their way of life, so they want everyone else's kids. That's, that's how I look at it, frankly. All right. Uh, that's definitely one of the... And, and if not that, they want to make sure... ...to indoctrinate the next generation. And they said it. I can't remember who it was. It was Matt Walsh. Okay? He said... He, he brought a clip... ...and he said... ...and it had a... Uh, ...basically a homosexual guy... A ...youth... ...singing a song... ...in a very feminine way... ...and he said... ...the only thing you are right about... ...is that we're coming for your kids. Right? We're gonna come for your kids. He said it in a song. Maryland law requires... ...that school districts... ...allow parents to opt out of coursework that deals with family life and human sexuality. However, the school district decided in March that it does not consider reading materials that discuss subjects related to homosexuality, transgender, and other aspects of gender allergies to be part of family life and human sexuality instruction. So we're going to play word games and remove sexuality from family life and human sexuality instruction. For this reason, beginning on May 1st, the school district no longer notifies parents that such material and coursework is going to happen and will not allow you to opt out. Okay, so don't go to school then that day, if that's the case. We don't want to be put aside as basically irrelevant, says uh, Wa'il al-Kushayri. I guess his parents used to make Kushari, uh, who leads family rights and religious. That's what it says. Oh, al-Kushayri, with a qaf, not a kef. It has a kef. It's spelled with a K. (laughs) Al-Kushayri, so I'm like Kushari. But no, it's Kushayri. should be with a Q technically uh of course the great imam al-qushari right said al the school district has approved several books that discuss subjects related to homosexuality and transgenderism for students as young as three and four years old something is wrong with you you need correction this includes a book called pride puppy so you get the what every kid loves is a puppy okay and you're making it now a symbol of homosexuality and anal sex. Okay. That's what it is. That's what it is, man. Which seeks to teach children the alphabet through story a story about a homosexual pride parade and introduces them to... Work. So wait a second. Where was the vaginal... Where was the vaginal sex support all these years? Why are we now just supporting that, anal sex? Because that's the summary of it, right? Yeah. Two guys love each other. What's the difference? One group doing anal sex, one group's not. Right? Friends love each other to death. In war, don't you think those guys love each other? <laughs> they would die for each other. What's the difference between them and a and homosexual couple? Anal sex, right? You don't touch me for pleasure. You can love someone to death, and in war, they die for each other. The, the best statement I said about war is, "How do you?" Uh, Soheb, so hey, so hey, unit right here from Fictional Frontiers. How, how, <laughs> huh? Sohaib Awan, Sohaib Yunus. And Yunus. Huh? And Yunus. And Sohaib Yunus. That, confusing. <laughs> okay. So um, he said, you don't fight for the nation. What's happening, my man? Good. Uh, congratulations. Last day of school. Last day of finals. Well done. Okay. Sophomore year is over for Yunus. Um, so he said that you don't, you're not fight. You, we don't. How do, you, how do you fight? How do you do all the what you did? And dying and almost dying and, and all that stuff for a war you don't understand. He said, oh, no, we don't understand. We have no clue why we're going. But the only way to motivate yourself to do this is to fight. You're fighting for the guy next to you. You're fighting for the soldier next to you. You're fighting to save him. He's fighting to save you. And that was a brilliant quote, right, from a soldier. He said, like, that's how we, we, we motivate ourselves to do everything. Because we're all here stuck in this war. We didn't choose it. But they're now trying to kill my companion. All right, so I'm going to try to save him. So that's love. So guys can love each other all they want. The difference is so it's, not, it's not about love. Don't say about love. Right. The difference is we don't touch each other for pleasure. Okay. And why do we do that? Because uh, in Islam we don't we don't believe we own our bodies. If you own your body, where'd you make it? Where'd you buy it? Everything you own, you either made it or you bought it. Okay. If anyone's going to own anyone, by standard this standard would be your parents own you, yeah. right? Even them, they didn't make it. They didn't make you, right? I, I hate when parents say, or I should say sarcastically, I love when parents said, hey, you know, we made this. Really? Show me the work. <laughs> <laughs> you, you fulfilled your pleasures. That's all you did, right? And of course, she had to carry the baby, but You didn't, didn't do anything. So we don't own our bodies. That's the chief and ultimate foundation of the entire thing. We do not own our bodies in Islam. Allah Ta'ala, the creator, owns our body. He made it, right? He is the one who makes, creates directly or creates through something else. Okay? Processes that are outside of any rational control. There's no rational control, there's nothing rational being, right? So it is a creation of Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala. He owns our body, he has the right to tell us what to do. That's the the summary of the foundational difference. That's why they'll never be these things can never come together. So for example, uh, Q is, f- uh, D is for drag, Q is for queen, L is for leather, Z is for zipper. What is P for? Psh, you people. Okay. <laughs> okay, now listen to this. Who is the, who read them? Marsha Johnson, a trans drag queen, gay rights activist, and prostitute. and prostitute. You're bringing this person into the school to teach kids okay and now here is I've at least a yeah <laughs> It's also illegal here, like I here understand. unbelievable here here is uh yes yeah, so there's someone who's admittedly being doing things illegal so here's some of the <laughs> so here's some here is some of the uh footage i can't i don't know if you can really see it but it's a march here that um uh, is that's that's where how the march is going and that's how the rally is going, all right. Getting people amped up, okay. And it's a big rally now. the 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 other side now came. Let me let me go back with their flags, okay. Uh, flying their flags and basically being the trans opposite. You know, the opposite. They always have to have a counter march, right? So they're having a counter march here. And saying stuff like, um, don't hate, and wave the flag, and dancing, and being naked, and all sorts of bedlam. Okay. Don't hate. (laughs) Okay. All right, so uh, everyone's following, uh, covering this. It's got a lot of coverage, which means it's did its job. I I wonder about what about the uh, actual, uh, the result. Is it going to be overturned or not? We got to wait. I don't know if it, I don't know if the result even came out yet. Al-Qushairi told Catholic News Agency that he had opted his daughter out of this type of schoolwork in the past. But the uh, current policy will no longer allow him to do that. His daughters uh, are in second grade or his daughter is in second grade. Type out here for Catholic News Agency. We were always afforded the right to opt out. Al Qusheri emphasizes that the rally was not anti-LGBT and that they did not protest the school district for introducing these books. Yeah, like we're like rungs down, and this is making news. Like rungs, you're not even saying don't teach it. You're saying let us go home, right? But I mean, do you even need permission? All right, I'm not doing it. Fail me on the test. You gotta have a test for this stuff too. Right? Coloring? What are we going to color? Draw drag queen. Draw drag queen. Draw Z for zipper, L for leather. You're coloring this stuff now? He said their only request is allow us to opt out. It's a state of merit. Huh? I don't even want to know what the pictures are. Yeah. for
1: leather? Like, what is, what's going on there?
0: We're not anti-LGBT. We are pro-family, says al Kushayri. Okay, that's wrong, but acceptable. <laughs> the second part's acceptable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Of course you have to be against something Allah forbade, right? Like, we, we have actually become that... I'm not saying anything bad about the guy. I'm just saying in general. Like, this protest could never happen on the existence of something like Komalut. That boat has passed a long time ago, okay? But, you know, as Moeen would say, the Overton window has moved. So that now you are an activist to just want to opt out. <laughs> which I'm in full of support of, right? But... That's, that's where, we're, where we're at right now. I just want to not do something. Yeah, I just, <laughs> not- <laughs> that's exactly it. It's not, I'm not telling you not to do something. I'm saying, I don't want to do it. I'm not saying, I don't want to do it. Don't let my kids do it. I don't want my kids to do it. That's where we're at right now. Family and religious freedom began primarily with Muslim parents. Oh, so it is a fully uh, Islamic group or, or, or started by Muslims, but said a lot of Christian groups reached out. And they are growing their coalition membership. Okay, Lindsey Smith, Moms for Liberty, which also took part in the event, told the CNA, the Catholic News Association, that her org- only you guys know what CNA is, right? <laughs> only the Catholic <laughs> news agency knows what this acronym means. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. CNA. I have to, I have to refer to the top of the website to know what it is. Okay, that our organization teamed up with other parents to rally with parents who are standing up for this and standing against it. And also to uh, monitor English literature classes that are filled with sexual orientation curriculum. Okay. So, um, so far, the Board of Education has stated multiple times they are standing firm in their decision to promote diversity, equity, and inclusion. Okay. and not honor their own religious policy, giving the rights to parents to opt out. She, they're not going to do that. It's
1: not, okay. hmm? it's, just not, it's not inclusive of us. What do you mean? Like their diversity and inclusion policy. No, no. Yeah, yeah.
0: Diversion and inclusion is one way. <laughs> okay. I, I like what Harun said. He's like, listen, uh, if this is all about everyone being included in your... Pull Ramadan out of the whole school. Right? Don't teach Ramadan. Yeah. You heard about the other teacher? let me get you that quote before we can finish that do you, do you, do you have it who has it let me get you let me get this uh let me let me get you this we were laughing we were almost like we replayed this she's basically this woman is gone ballistic and she's basically saying look the muslim kids they're they're walking out they're walking out of school they're leaving school for pride period, when the period in which they're going to do pride, the Muslim kids are walking out. And she's, in her worldview, right, it's just uh, respect, right? In her worldview, she says that, listen, the gay students, they didn't walk out when we did Ramadan, right? <laughs> that was that, They didn't walk out when they, when we did Ramadan, right? So it goes both ways. Now, listen to, just listen to, to, to this because it's, it's pretty comical if you ask me.
2: Because you think if there's some pride activities going on at school, right? Oh, that's fine. You know, because I'm going to show my opinion by hanging out at the mall. But meanwhile, all of those kids who are, you know, involved in, say, the Gay Street Alliance or whatever, I don't even know if we have that anymore in our school, they're here when we did Ramadan for Lion time. Yep. And they're showing respect in the class for your religion, right, for your beliefs ways. If you want to be respected for who you are, if you don't want to suffer prejudice for your religion, your uh, color of skin, your whatever, then you better give it back to people who are different from you. That's how it works. It's an exchange. And it isn't like that in all countries. As I told you, in Uganda, literally, if they think you're gay, they will execute you. If you believe that kind of thing, then you don't belong here because that is not what Canada believes. We believe in freedom. We believe that people can marry whomever they want. That is in the law, and if you don't think that should be the law, you can't be Canadian. You don't belong here, and I mean it. I really mean it, and it's not a joke, Mansoor. Mansoor. (laughs) He's laughing. The <laughs> kids laughing.
0: I gotta hear that one again. I gotta hear that one again. It's not a joke, Mansoor. By the way, in 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 her <laughs> by her logic, Mansour, now now the school the school was embarrassed by the statement. But hold on a second. By the logic of Trudeau, this is what you're. She's following the logic of the law. If you don't like this, get the heck out of here. That's what she's following, right? That's what it's going to lead to. But let's let's listen to this. Mansoor is laughing here. I do here, and I need
2: mean it. I really need it. And it's not a joke, Mansoor. <laughs> I said back and forth. You want it, you got to give it. I don't want it. I don't want it. it, it
0: if that's the deal. Sorry. If, 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 if that's the deal, if that's the deal, I don't want it. Keep it. Did they pass like, you know, like what? Take Ramadan out of the schools for all I care, right? All the, all the other guys did was just watch yeah. some kids not eat. Like listen, like what? all the Muslims come together. So listen, take Ramadan out of the schools, okay? And let us opt out. Do your thing, right? We don't want anyone respecting us if we have to. Then, if it's a quid pro quo, because we don't believe in that, that's all right? Because this is something that's aligned.
1: That's a great line for um, the Muslims that are always on. Side of
0: the political spectrum. Yeah. And this is showing uh, the guys on the left, they're saying the same thing as the guys on the left. Yeah. It's all go home. It's All go home. At the end of the day. Allah says that yeah. they will that they said at the time of Lutz, get them out of our countries. Right? And they're saying it. We're here. Why are we here? Who the heck knows Allah has a wisdom, right? Why he put a hundred million Muslims in Western countries. Now you're stuck with us. Because you can't get a hundred million Muslims out. I don't care. I wouldn't have ever like if I have the beliefs that I have now and I lived in a Muslim country, I would never come to a, a country that has antithetical laws to my beliefs. But we're stuck with it, right? It happened. Who knows how it happened? Because in the past, a lot of people weren't thinking about these things and they're just Christian people. And we have history with Christians. And the Quran has things to say about them that they have kindness, right? And there are even in our religion recognizes their right to worship as they worship. So that, on that basis, by the way, this lady, whoever you are, your grandma would not be allowed in Canada. She does not tolerate this stuff, okay? Your great-grandfather would be the biggest anti all this stuff, okay? Are we kidding here, right? All your grandparents, the founders of Canada, right? The founders of Canada would not be able to live in Canada right now. All of the, the founder of the NHL, Okay. Stanley Cup himself, Mr. Stanley, Lord Stanley himself would be out of Canada. Okay. Based upon if that's the case that you, if you don't stand up for, uh, for homosexuality and you respect it and love it and honor it. Okay. Then you can't live in Canada. That's what she say. Lord Stanley himself, Walter Gretzky himself would be gone. The dad. Right. I guarantee you that whole generation of grandparents. Okay. Their kids then grew up like that then became politically correct real quick. Michael Jordan was the biggest uh you know he's he's famous for these slurs that he had on people, on guys who were soft right so that second generation they grew up like that then quickly in their 40s they got politically correct real quick right and now it's <laughs> if you're not this you're not canadian <laughs> I think Canada has a worse us, when i go there like they're now you they got smoke all over the place now for june there we go
1: the inclusive nature of all of this is, is problematic philosophically across the board because where do you do draw the line on what you include or don't you don't include? Because I think Hassan Spiker,
0: who's... Yeah, what do you say? they brought up very interestingly enough, he said that if you are a fan of Star Wars, for example... Yeah. So, not that
1: I ascribe to this, but they have uh, May the 4th, they call it
0: May the 4th be with you. Fair enough. Okay. okay.
1: So, if to take a
0: day off Like you really you know, need to be a, a, a Star Wars fan to have thought up of that, but <laughs> but fine, yeah. okay. So they say if you are a Star Wars
1: fan and you want to dress up, you, you know, know, like one like know. of the characters in Star Wars, or you want to take that day off. Oh, come next. Yeah. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah. I mean, you can hear me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll can talk you? louder. But uh, where do you draw the line? Because obviously. There has to, I mean, or, or you can even further back, just say, for example, the First
0: Nation, the Native Americans. All of them would be homophobic, they'd be out of well, Canada. No, but I'm, but I'm they would saying. not have existed if they allowed that. Their people were scrapping for berries and scrapping, oh, right? But they, they would have, have
2: died out. But their system, though, their, yep. their ideology, their beliefs,
1: the, the challenge is how do you pick and choose what is going to be given that platform or, their, or the opportunity to have expression? So the, so the solution is to have no expression at all. No expression at all. That's the only logical because at some point,
0: Everything's going to clash.
1: More, because you cannot, everyone's individual <laughs> point of you cannot have a stage. Is what it comes
0: down exactly. To. Right now, it's the minority. If you're a minority, okay? Except us. E- except the Muslim position, right? And it's a minority. And when I said like hunting for berries, I meant to say that like they struggle to survive every generation, These... the, these, uh, the old world living like that. If they were to not procreate, they would have, right? They just wouldn't have existed. So, the thing is that, um, the thing is that, if you support the Muslims as a minority, and you support, let's say the woke, uh, the, the the trans or the LGBT as a minority. Now, when they grow up, because you supported them, they will grow to not be afraid because you keep supporting them, right? They won't be afraid. Then one day, they're both going to talk at each other. Right? And they're going to hit heads. That's why liberalism, it's not coherent. You can't just support a group because they're, they're a minority. That's why I'd be much more comfortable. Just tell us the law of the land and the philosophy of the land once and for all. Don't say you're equality for everyone, but then in action, it's not at all. Right? Don't say there are no blasphemy laws, but then everyone is afraid Right? to talk. It's a lie. Just be straight up about it. And then we can make our decision. Allah will provide for us. But that's not even... That's that's what I'm saying. What I actually believe will happen is different. What I believe will happen is that Muslims will be Muslims and people will see it. And they will realize, wow, they actually... You, they couldn't be penetrated. No pun intended. So, <laughs> disgusting, right? Is that what it came for? <laughs> Who knows, man? Probably. Uh, when they get to three, four syllables. But... <laughs> Yeah, but that's what I believe will happen. I believe it will happen because a lot of people on the inside are just closing their mouth, right? Because it's force. We've seen it happen before. Whenever any group dominates in such a, 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 um, a, a, a stifling manner, there are millions of people who will toe the line. It's just not worth fighting for, yeah. right? But the Muslims, it is worth fighting for. And they will take inspiration from the Muslims. And I truly believe Muslims will, sp- Islam will spread in the hearts of people here. And once it spreads in the hearts, it spreads in the land. Because the people run the institutions, yeah. right? The institutions are run by human beings. Once a lot of human beings, the Inur enters their heart. And the Iman enters their heart. Uh, that's what it means to be muta'makin in the earth, to be established in the earth, means you, have, you are in the hearts of enough people in that country. They will preserve you then. Or they they'll preserve it, so that's what I that's what I believe will happen. But like outward uh, exter- outwardly I'm saying there are blasphemy laws that are unwritten. Can you just write them, right? There is no the, you you say you're a secular country, but you're not a secular country. You have a religion. Woke and LGBT is a religion. It's a belief, right? You believe in certain per- certain principles you believe that the human being owns himself you believe that nothing is wrong unless if you don't bother anyone else and you are promoting this so it is a belief these are not just rights they're rights underwritten by beliefs just state this is the belief of this country okay then we can make a decision where is montgomery county it's within the greater washington dc metropolitan area Sixteen thousand students are in the schools okay Religion is not just private worship. Let's, let's, let's read. There's some legal stuff that's interesting here. Freedom of religion is a fundamental right that protects the conscience of all people. Okay. Uh, religion is not just private worship. It involves public expression on social and moral issues. Th- that's another belief, right? The belief that religion is just private for yourself. Well, that's not our religion, right? The issue of gender and sexuality are influenced by our faith. We should not be caricatured as intolerant. Uh, and our faith to be subversive because it doesn't align with your beliefs. Um, that's true, but the Muslim is intolerant of certain things yeah. to a degree. We are yeah, to we be subversive. Yeah. To, 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 yeah uh, what, what, we have no other option, right? <laughs> if we had strength, we wouldn't have to be subversive. When you have weakness, <laughs> you have to be subversive. If you had strength, you just dominate, right? That's why there's two types of war. If you're strong, you just dominate, right? You announce it. I'm coming. Okay, Clear out so I don't kill innocent people. That's what they do in war. I'm coming. But if you're weak, you have to fight a different way. Do you think that we're not going to fight back? Did they think that you're just going to push and we're just going to like keel over and die? No, people are going to fight back. The nature of people, they're going to fight back. They're going to fight back in ways you can't see and know. Okay. So, but what it is is here is like, uh, hold on. Why does what does it mean by intolerance? Does it mean like physically attacking somebody? Yeah, we don't do that because we have rules in our religion, right? Rules of engagement. But does it mean that I have to love something? Like, do I have to tolerate it in my heart, in my mood? Like, what if so? This thing has gone too far. It's like, the, the law is made to, to tell our bodies what to do. You can't now start telling my mind and my heart what to do. You're preaching now. All right? That's a religion. Call it a religion. In any event. Okay? Um, Beck, Beckett Law is a legal nonprofit that defends religious liberty. Okay. The lawsuit was filed on behalf of Muslims, Catholics, Orthodox, Christian parents. The law already provides the right for parents to opt out. There you go," said senior counsel for Beckett Law. Baxter said that this said the state law applies generally to all instruction on family and human sexuality. All we're asking is to restore our opt-out rights. Okay. This is an issue that crosses political lines and it crosses religious lines. Let me read you something that Abdul Hakim Murad wrote recently. You
1: actually made an interesting point, point yep. in the UK about um, fundamentals and, and foundations. Because, again, I think, uh, again, maybe because I have a legal background, so I'm looking at things from the, the foundational perspective. But when you are looking at rights in general, yeah. or like you said, this notion of uh, the dichotomy between uh, tolerance and celebration, so to speak. What is and what is not celebrated? I mean, what is, is what is the formula for that? Because just to go back to
0: the formula for what
1: that something should be included or excluded or celebrated or what have you? Because we are a diverse culture. Yeah. We have many different uh, traditions, beliefs, shades, what have you. But why is one elevated and other and another is not? So I go back to the Native Americans, First Nation. Yeah. The First Nation because they don't have a voice, because they don't have the number, why is it if technically, If you or just say the African-American culture, mm-hmm. or black culture, uh, or Hispanic culture, um, any culture, or actually probably an even better example would be the Hindu faith, for mm-hmm. example. Now, there are over a billion Hindus in the world. Yeah. Now, if you asked a Hindu, okay, and said, okay, well, what do you think should happen? They would say, listen, we should have an entire month as well, because if you just go by the numbers... That's the
0: numbers, true. Oh, ...then we should be... We should have everyone's going to get a month. Yeah. Yeah. So So I I get your, your question and Moin he brought up the same thing. He's like, this thing is too coordinated. The whole thing is so coordinated. It's like absurd. It's so coordinated. And, uh, it's, it's planned and it's in your face to such a degree that is abnormal in human life. Right. It's abnormal in human life. It's not even the way even St. Patrick's is like one day. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And they got a whole country of them. Right. (laughs) But, They've, it's, been, abused, they've, they've been, of- been abused. A lot of bad things. Do do do, do African rights have? They get Martin Luther King Day. After all that, they got a day. Why don't they get? No, they have a month. What, oh, Black Black History Month. It's edu- It's not a. It's not a day of. It's Black History Month, but it's not necessarily like a celebration. This is. It's not a celebrate. Do you see them putting up different flags? Is there a black flag? What's the Black History Month flag? Yeah, we're gonna fly the black flag. Yeah, we're gonna fly the black flag. It's, uh, end time prophecies is the black flag. But for example, it's black history. It's informative, right? It's not parades and celebrations and everyone change flags and change your profile and everything. Like, if anyone's gonna deserve something, it's right. It's the people who suffered the most in any event. I, I, yeah. Oz. Yeah. As salam, salam, salam. Nice, Lamech. What's happening? Not much. Good. The yeah. Your
1: point is, I think, that, and this is, I think, where we have to take accountability as well. Yeah. When I was growing up, and I'm not saying that we don't want our our faith to be celebrated, but I never felt that I was missing out because there was not a day off for Eid. I just didn't go to school.
0: That's it. I just <laughs> didn't go to school. And, 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 and yeah. the school understood
1: it was like this. Un- okay, he's got his
0: tradition. Muslims should not be like this, so asking we, for days and.
1: Yeah. Why? That, I think that we've said.
0: Need. Thank you. Did I not say this? You said that there too. Yeah. In that in that little clip that I said in I think 2014, and then in 2015 or 2016 or something, it was taken by like two years later. It was taken by one path, right? And they made a clip out of it. I got so much hate for that clip, but I got so much hate from liberals and 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 uh, from the, for that clip. But if I don't get hate from them. I must not be on the right religion then, right? As Abdul Hakim Murad says here, right? If the modern world with all of its trapping materialism and licentiousness accepts us, we're doing something wrong. Okay? But that's exactly what I said, when you ask a favor from somebody, be very careful and don't be so happy about it because you're going to owe them then. Okay? You're going to owe them. Um, eight Thank you. Where did you get that statement from? If you dance, you got to pay the piper, right? That's how it is. Okay. If you, that's how it is. And that's why you, you, you want uh, a tree or or they put like, I don't know, green lights for Ramadan. Okay, good. So the governor calls you, the mayor calls you up. Come for the green lights on Ramadan. Let's celebrate. Everyone comes. Oh, wonderful. Two weeks later, the government calls you again. The, the, The mayor calls you again. Come. You enjoyed the green lights? Okay, come. We're putting up the pride flag. You have operated by his usul. Enjoyed benefits of his usul. Now pay the price of his usul. Usul is method. All right? His method is, if you exist, if you're a minority, we'll celebrate you. Put your flag up. Okay? That's how it is. So, Muslims, you got your lights up in Ramadan. We, we lit the, the town hall green. You happy, you're happy with that. You asked for it. You got it. We gave it to you by our rules. Now, also by our rules, we're putting up the trans flag. We're putting up a drag queen. We're putting up whatever. So we were. these are human interactions now, right? Because the mayor is nice to you. He knows your name. We're friends now, right? Now he calls you up again. His assistant calls you up again. Hey, what's happening? You? Uh, you, you, now we're putting up the trans flag. So why don't you come and represent? Like, just as you were pleased to get favors from us, now give the favors. We know the usul. Now you have no excuse to get involved with this. Okay? And that's what I, I said in that clip years ago, before anyone was talking about this stuff. There's a reason why I don't get invited to ISNA, ICNA, all right? all these other organizations. It's because of that. That one clip. Right? And the mullet. And the dhikr Right? But, but that's the clip that basically someone told me, you're finished. You will not come be invited. And I'm like, fine, I wasn't going to these things anyway for a different reason. First of all, there's too many speakers, right? There's too many speakers. Who's going to remember what? I want to say something that would be remembered, right? How can I give a speech? One of five people on the panel, who's going to remember anything, right? It's all the same stuff. Secondly, I go and my kids, were living, we go to Islamic school, then we go uh, to the masjid because... You know they're they're with me all the time. We go to the masjid. Okay, so on our time off, now we're gonna go to another Islamic <laughs> conference, right? It's too much, right? So we go to a different city. We go to some. Sometimes we do a national park, and sometimes we do a city, Boston, different cities, right? That's what that was our policy as a family. We never, I never went to conferences for mainly for that reason. Enough, then, it, like it's too much. He's speaking here, speak like all dad does is talk, <laughs> give talks, <laughs> all have to give talks. No, there should be none of that. There should be grilling all day, bumming around by a river, by a stream, by a river, grilling dogs, drilling burgers, throwing a ball around, and taking naps. That's the vacation, right? So uh, that that's what I did. So it, it was uh, convenient for me anyway, right? So I don't even have to say no to the invitations, because it's hard to say no to invitations when people are nice to you, when they invite you and stuff like that. It's hard to say no. But because of that clip, people told me, you're not going to get any invitations anytime soon. I said, no problem. I wasn't planning on going anyway. Okay. Going yeah. It's kind of related to what you were saying with respect to the mindset of the Muslim, uh, as a whole. Yeah. Oh, wait, by the way, one more thing. I'm middle of the road soft, you know, you know why? Cause of Daniel Huckett, get you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Moeen's favorite word. The Overton window went from here way off the screen, Right. Way off the screen. Now uh, like the I get th- I get their calls all the time. I get because 'cause I'm seen now as like the moderate sane voice. And now I'm not even saying anything. Regular moms and dads are marching now. Re- every masjid is doing this stuff that I had said and seemed so radical about in twenty fourteen. Okay. Every masjid, even the most posh masjid, they're having events. To warn the kids, hide the kids, hide your wife. You remember that video? Yeah. That guy, he was onto something, right? Hide your wife, hide the kids, okay? Because they're coming out for you, and they're coming for your kids.
1: And he was on the other side of the rainbow himself. He was. Right?
0: <laughs> you were saying.
1: No, no. validation from the non-Muslims in all these different industries and places so for example it's wonderful quote-unquote to have Eid uh, items at Target on sale you know Eid displays here and there rather than focusing on the fact that we are not celebrating for people we're so, we're so we are celebrating for Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala that the validation comes from Him, not
0: from. Him. That's so important. The point that what what is our goal? That's I think it was brought up on the Blood Brothers podcast. Yeah, you brought that up. Yeah, like what is our what is our goal here? Just to protect ourselves, or do we have a mission? Do we stand for something? Do we stand? Do we believe in something? Do we have something that we would live and die for? That is more important than us, right? Everyone wants to live nicely and live well, but. You really need something that is greater than you. And, and the general overarching uh, mood of the Muslim community was that we just want to make sure that we are safe. As for the mission that we're on, of the dawah and all that, that is not really the central point. And that all goes back to intention. What was the intention of people when they came here? It was not dawah. The bulk of the people, of course. You ask them. Even you ask the best of them. We came here for a better life. Our country stunk. You know, people, trolls, non-Muslim trolls like to always tell you, remember why you came here, because your country stink. I said, yeah, because my grandfather's lost to your grandfathers. We shouldn't lose. I'm open about it. Your great-grandfathers colonized our great-grandfathers. My great-grandfathers lost. Now we pay the price that you get to mock me for that, right? But guess what? Someday, my grandkids will conquer your grandkids, right? It's going to happen, right? So, and it might be a peaceful conquest, conversion, right? It could be, right? So, so that's, that's, that's a summary of it, right? What was the intention when you came here? And they said, we changed our intention afterwards. That's the best of that, of the immigrants. The best of them said, we came here for a better life. We saw that our kids are going to, they need a faith, they need a religion, right? We changed our intention. Those are the best of the people. But changing your intention is not like building a foundation. You changed your intention after you have a mortgage to pay off, <laughs> right? You change your intention after you got a legal practice or a career that needs to be treated with gloves because it's so important. And it's, it, you, you worked hard. You did all this. You can't just throw it away, right? You, uh, you change your intention after you gained a reputation in the local town as a, a good physician or a good, uh, uh, you know, whatever you are. That type of thing... With Allah accepted. But in reality, you're not as mobile. You can't do as much anymore, right? Because you still have to balance this. You have a very precious bowl in your hand, okay? And now you want to, you know, walk through the, the fire, right? When you have a, a, this, this nice bowl in your hand and you don't want to destroy it because you shouldn't destroy it either. There's a wisdom for that too. All of this is by divine wisdom. People are to blame, but we're not to blame them. To say again, all those people, our great grandfathers for losing the wars, they are, th- that is a blameworthy thing, but we're not going to blame them. It's Allah's wisdom to bring Muslims and put them in this very situation that we're in. And all we could do, every single one of us, is our best. If we're just doing our best and, and keeping to the sharia, then we will be, whether people like it or not, a salvation force, a force of salvation. Because when the Muslim comes with Iman, punishment goes away. When a Muslim is making istighfar, punishment goes away. When a Muslim is giving shukr, punishment goes away. nasr al Quran, right? By the uh, nas of the Quran. So even your neighbors benefit from you. The whole neighborhood could be as bad as they want. Some hardships will be lifted from that community just because one household is seeking God's forgiveness, loving the Quran, loving the Prophet. A lot of people, uh, the Muslims, they complain about the scattering of the ummah or like, you know, disunity mm-hmm. or whatever. But
1: it might be if that was not the case, then places like here would be just wiped off the map. Yeah. yeah, the
0: places, there's wisdom for everything. Yeah. There's a reason Allah brought the Muslims here. And let me tell you this, too, that uh, I have did a rough estimate that there's 100 million Muslims in, West, in English-speaking countries. That includes Australia. Okay. That's a rough estimate. All, not English, Western countries including Australia, all of Europe, okay? all the European countries, all of North America, all of Canada, all Australia, I think the number is like 100 million Muslims. Could the Ottoman Empire have infiltrated 100 million Muslims into those countries? Could have never done it. Never done it. There is a reason why Allah ended that time period, caused the most corrupt people to take over the Arabs, made them take the socialist ideology, which makes you poor, or the Marxist ideology, they right? They, all those countries are poor, okay? Like the hardcore socialism. In Egypt, you know what they did? They took farms from people. Salaam after how are you? They sliced up the farm, and they told the farm owner, you now have one-fifth of a farm. Wait, who's getting the other four-fifths? Random people. It's random people who don't know how to farm. That's why Egypt is no longer what it used to be. Algeria no longer, and Allah has, in His wisdom, partition of India. Partition of India led to Islam in the West in many ways, like as a connection, because you have so many displaced people now. You, I'm already displaced. I might as well be displaced and living a better life, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's it. I'm displaced and I'm living now in a country that is packed with people, too competitive, right? Too much hard to. It's too hard to get a bite right, or, 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 or eke out a living here, millions of people, and it was a very bad memory for many more Hajus into Pakistan, according to what they told me, right, and then Kashmir gets cut up, and is now part of it is in Indian territory, part of it is free in Pakistan, uh, Azad Kashmir, so what do they do, they say, you know, we're not happy anymore here, let's leave, it, bad memories, let's leave, well, where are we going to go? Now liberals have taken over England and they feel bad for what they've did for colonization. Guilt. So let's give them, let's, let's bring these people to and give them paperwork. They come in quick, just come in and, and work and all that stuff. Okay. Now let, let's, so that is the way you have to view things. You have to view things that way. Now in the podcast with Delia Hussein, he said, but he kept, uh, you know, bringing up and he was doing it totally out of, um. Yeah, to engage. He doesn't believe in those things. But he was saying, isn't it reasonable though for Muslims to be afraid when you have all these facts? Right? I said, you've listed facts, but the way you dealt with it is the way shaitan wants to deal with it. Right? You've listed facts, but the correct way to deal with a fact is see what is Allah's wisdom. Everything that Allah does for a mu'min, it can be a slingshot back for you. Not against you. Everything. Right? Even your own past mistakes. Malcolm X. Best example. Did all those bad things. When he turned his direction to Allah, all those bad deeds became amazing experience to rectify the people who are suffering those same ills. Right? And he was the best one at taking people out of drugs, taking people out of crime, making them upright. Just like you transformed. Okay? He transformed so many other people. So, you have to look at things in order to act properly, get a good conclusion. You have to look at it from a Heartwarming. It has to warm your heart of the wisdom of Allah in this creation, in this action. This is what Imam uh, uh, Sheikh Abdul Hakim Murad says. Listen, to what he says: I don't accept there's a crisis of Islam. Okay, Islam in modernity is a great religious success story, right? You judge a religion and the validity of its truth claims on the basis of whether it is still appealing to people or not. Okay and people keep converting to Islam, and youth keep upholding Islam, okay? In fact, it would be a worrying indictment of the legitimacy of the religion of Islam if the modern world approved of us. We complain of negative stereotypes and hostility, okay? But in fact, that's always been the way of the believers against the uncomprehending outside world. That's why when you, if you, any of you grew up in the 90s, there was a book that went around that everyone, the first book any Muslim read is called milestones <laughs> in that book. It's basically, it's a complete in a sense, like Marxist ideology, right? But in Islamic terms, but it did have, it did have a, a, a useful aspect to it. He basically said, there's a world of Iman and there's a world of Kufr and the world of Kufr is always at the world war with the world of Iman. That became like the underpinning. Okay. It's war, right? You, you, you go and study for 10 years, you come back, the next generation are saying, oh, they're looking at us funny. It's Islamophobia. <laughs> but it's supposed to be, right? That's the script. That is the playbook Allah warned us about. That's the exact thing we've been warned about. Not to say that you shouldn't do anything, okay? But that's what Allah warned about. So for, for, for everyone to wonder, oh, they don't like us or whatever, if it's they don't like you for your iman, isn't that what we're supposed to expect in the Quran? Surat al-Buruj, 10 times worse than anything that we were ever experienced. Surat al-Buruj was about a people who were a minority of believers. And just like the West, for some reason, they were tolerated. They were accepted. A king came up and he said, no, I don't believe in any of this. These people are a fifth column. We need to finish them all off. In that time, there was a period of time, a couple of centuries, the methodology of getting rid of those people was, it was efficient. Dig a ditch, start a fire, throw them in there. That's it. They went out in the open land, dug a huge ditch, build a fire, everyone contribute, throw in some stone, throw in some coals, throw in some wood. I don't know if they had coal back then, but throw in some wood. Okay, dig big fire, and if you're part of that religion... Close. We're backspacing you. We're finishing you today, one day. I mean, the whole population of those people, one at a time, and they and they see it, and they just say, lay lay illallah. we're going to die right now. And they did die. That happens to human beings, and they were the believing Jews and believing Christians, right, that this happened to, by the Persians and and the Romans and these other people, right, who did this to them. Insane. Degrees of 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 evil fighting good the way that evil fought good. Allah says, They strive and struggle and fight for the sake of evil. Okay, that's a uh, he says. abdul Hakim Murad continues to be fought by the outside world is a sign of our legitimacy. There's a professor in Cambridge saying this? Okay, This stuff is not extreme anymore. These beliefs are used to be considered fringe. They are the mainstream now. All my positions are the mainstream now. <laughs> I'm telling you. You go to any of these, we could make fun of them and say watered down masjid or whatever. Like they're weak. They're saying the same stuff now. Everyone's saying the same stuff. Okay. Those religions that are approved of, padded on the head by secular consumerist capitalist modernity, capitalistic modernity, are by that very same token a source of worry from the point of view of legitimate tradition of legitimate traditional perspective. So we should be proud that the modern world doesn't like us. It's a sign of authenticity. In an age which has avowedly given itself to dunya and materialism, you will expect the people of truth to be despised. There are sayings that probably George Orwell and all these other people said like in a day in, in an era where lying is uh, uh, the norm, then speaking the truth is treachery okay let me read you something else here hard to read because it's a long message, but I think it's important to read okay if you are a Muslim or a non-muslim but you don't believe let's say you're a Catholic and you don't believe in anal the permissibility of anal sex okay and touching other Uh, the same gender for pleasure. There's an organization called, okay, um, Straight Struggle. It's a support group. Open. You can be anonymous in it. We, the undersigned, are Muslim men and women who experience same-sex attractions, asexuality, or gender dysphoria over the years and mainly through our involvement with Straight Struggle support group, the Straight Struggle support group. Oh, I guess Straight Struggle is generic. It's not, maybe it's Christian. We have had the pleasure of connecting with hundreds of other Muslims uh, who share these same feelings. It's, a, it's an iptila. Many men cannot marry and are attracted to females. It's an iptila. And they for some reason or other, they can't marry. Okay? So it's the same test. The experience has come with some unique and some common sets of challenges. On the one hand, one is told to hold strong on the deen and avoid desires. On the other hand, there is society telling us embrace these desires. Okay, make it your identity. Be true to yourself. It was not and is not easy to keep on the path of Allah. Okay, especially when the topic is taboo in many households. It should not be taboo. Okay, better better to be open. Okay, if there is a struggle, or then to suppress it and that requires us to not belittle anyone's uh, temptations anyone's sins do not belittle it It, when they come from a a ta'ib do belittle it and scold it and all that when they have taken it as a source of fakhr or pride because now you've joined this camp of Satan with that behavior that's what they call it that's what they call it you're proud of it okay now we don't take pride in our temptations and our sins we all have sins okay so he says there, on this note, we emphasize that there's a difference between same sex attraction and same sex behavior. While the behaviors are sinful, and same sex identity, I guess you can add that. The behaviors are sinful and immoral. The attraction is not, it's out of our hands. Okay? Relationship with Allah and holding steadfast to the religion has been vital for our journey. Keeping good company with good practice in Muslims also helped many of us immensely. Okay? We should help them, and we should support them. We do not view our struggle as an identity. We reject the terms gay, queer, etc., and reject. You see how this is mainstream now. Yes, al Qadi posted this. Okay, <laughs> yeah, he posted the letter from the guy, and the guy's name is there. I read it to you, Yusuf Salam. Okay, he posted it. It's all public. Okay, he says here that we do not recognize these terms for us ourselves, and we reject the notion that desires define us. Okay, we also reject the deeply misguided effort of some who wish to distort the teaching of Islam to fit their desires, and attempt to make what is haram halal. This man's wali Allah, I'm telling you. Clear, spe- uh, uh, you know, it's clear what he's saying. He understands his deen well. Thereby misguiding vulnerable Muslims into thinking that acting on same-sex attractions is allowed in Islam. We ask Allah to protect us and from such actions. He's not, if Allah loves you, are you not? Are you wali? That's that's the summary of wali. Allah loves you. Does not Allah say, in Allah yuhib at-tawabin. Allah loves the penitent. What is the penitent? Is it someone who feels the urge to commit sins and doesn't? No. It's someone who feels the urge to commit sins and does it, Then makes repentance. That is the one whom Allah loves. Not to say the one who feels the urges recognizes this wrong and avoids it. Well, that's your even beyond that at that point. You're mutatahir. You are from the mutatahirin. Even though the verse has came to a literal thing. People purifying themselves from najasa. And avoiding shirk. But it also applies, the language of it allows for what I just said. The one who falls into sins and repents is the tawab. And the one who avoids his sins altogether is the mutatahir. He's purified his heart. Okay. Over the years, our scholars have started paying more attention to the issue of people dealing with same-sex traction and gender dysphoria. Though we do do feel there is still work to be done in terms of guidance and mentorship. I would invite him to MBIC to talk. Can you find him? Look him up. Yusuf Salaam. Okay. Also out of necessity and our lived reality here in the West, the recent statement of, by scholars called Navigating Differences, clarifying s- sexual and gender ethics in Islam, is one that we support. And some of us are signatories. Okay. We need a way to live in the society despite our different morals. And this, when they, the, the, the biggest part that they said, they said about it is how could you say in the statement live harmoniously i know i think that the sh- the the authors were writing about that uh generically as a principle but the way i understand it okay the way i understand it is that harmoniously meaning i'm not hitting you you're not hitting me i'm not fighting you you're not fighting me that's how I, like legally according to the bound the, the what we're bound by okay to our brothers and sisters. Who are dealing with same-sex attraction and gender dysphoria Please note that you are not alone We also recognize that there are people out there Who are trying to reshape religion to suit their desires We urge you to reject those attempts Those vain attempts And adhere as much as possible to the beautiful religion And teaching of the Quran and the Sunnah Our life is much too precious to waste On following desires and harm, haram actions Despite sinning, Allah gives us a wonderful gift of tawbah Okay, there we go Okay, a wonderful and very useful resource that addresses many of the same-sex attractions and gender dysphoria through a Muslim lens is Wahid Jensen's podcast, "Away Beyond the Rainbow." Look him up too, please, and get him on the program. We can invite him on the program too. May Allah accept from us, Yusuf Salam. Oh, look, look at this—the Straight Struggle Discord group. That's where you'll find him. Okay, Ahmed Ali's already got there. Okay, Yusuf Salam, listen to this. <laughs> Yusuf Salam. <laughs> <laughs> what is so funny about that? <laughs> Yusuf Salam is spelled Y O U S E F. What is so funny about that? <laughs>
2: huh? um, yeah. There might be some implications. No. <laughs> <that>. <laughs>
0: like, he's already got it, right? <laughs> got it. Yusuf Salam. He's better at internet, I guess. I don't know. He, uh, Yusuf Salam, Y O U S E F, Salam. Okay. That's how he spells name. Listen to the other people. Wahid Jensen. Okay. Some people have one name that you can't really identify. They want to keep their identities hidden. Adam Maryam Mohsin. Okay. Mahmoud Mukhtar. Okay. Mahmoud Mukhtar. Umm Huraira Finn her name is. Adam Ali. Sinan Bey. Ibn Adam. Mary Crawley, okay? Different people here. Put their name out. because if it is Toba and I feel that these people are it's a they will have inshallah a position with Allah that no one else will have. because even people who've, who faced this struggle a long time ago, they, there was no temptation for it. right? Here they're tempting you, okay more than ever before. It's now 30:7. We didn't have a chance to do any Q& a today because we had a, a really uh, action-packed uh, action-packed schedule uh, today. So I, um, did that So unfortunately, uh, <laughs> uh, How did it happen? It happened because we did a lot of things by not streaming. And then we had to catch up. OK. And Monday, we will take a lot of Q&A. You should, okay. a,
2: you should do one video where it's just you responding back
0: to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, folks. Let's close with a dua because we haven't, um, we've been talking a lot. Too much talking brings luck in the heart. Too much laughing, like, not like we laughed a lot today, but... Um, But in general if a person does too much of that it gets lagat. you know what lagat is it's like let's go to the Hizban Nasr yeah it's longer I feel like doing something longer like if you're ever in a situation too much eating too much laughing too much talking take a break don't go more than like one two hours two hours three hours max excuse yourself go make wudu, pray two rakas okay and cleans your heart out again Makes us always um, in orbit and at peace with our hearts. Okay. Subhanallahumma la la ilaha illallah marikun haqroobin la la ilaha illallah la ilaha illallah la la ilaha illallah la la ilaha illallah la ilaha illallah ليغفر لك الله ما تقدم من ذنبك وما تأخر ويتم نعمته عليك ويهديك صراطا مستقيمة وينصرك الله نصرا عزيزا وكان عند الله وجهها وجيها في الدنيا والآخرة ومن المقربين وجهت وجهي للذي فطر السماوات والأرض بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نصر من الله قريب وشر المؤمنين يا أيها الذين آمنوا كنوا أنصار الله كما قال عيسى بن مريم للحواريين من أنصاري إلى الله قال الحواريون نحن أنصار الله الله لا إله إلا هو الحي القيوم لا تأخذه سنة ولا نوم لهما في السموات وما في الأرض من ذا الذي يشفع عنده إلا بإذنه يعلم ما بين أيديهم وما خلفهم ولا يحيطون بشيء من علمه إلا بما شاء وسع كرسيه السماوات والأرض ولا يؤده حفظهما وهو هو العلي العظيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لو أنزلنا هذا القرآن على جبل لا رأيته خاشة من خشية الله وتلك الأمثال نضربها للناس لعلهم يتفكرون هو الله الذي لا إله إلا هو عالم الغيب والشهادة هو الرحمن الرحيم هو الله الذي لا إله إلا هو المالك القدوس السلام المؤمن المهيمن العزيز الجبار المتكبر سبحان الله عما يشركون هو الله الخالق البارئ المصور له الأسماء الحسنى يسبح لهما في السماوات والأرض وهو العزيز الحكيم وعيذ نفسي بالله تعالى من كل ما يسمع بأذنين ويبصر بعينين ويمشي برجلين ويبطش بيدين ويتكلموا بشفتين حصنت نفسي بالله الخالق الأكبر من شر ما أخاف وأحذر من الجن والإنس وأن يحضرون عز جاره وجل ثناؤه وتقدست أسماؤه ولا إله غيره اللهم إني أجعلك في نور آدائي ونعوذ بك من شرورهم وتحيولهم ومكرهم ومكائدهم أطفئ النار من أراد بعد عداوة من الجن والإنس يا حافظ يا حفيظ يا كافي يا محيط سبحانك يا رب ما أعظم شأنك وعز سلطانك تحسنت بله وب يمكن قول الله الله وبآيات الله وملائكة الله وأنبياء الله ورسل الله والصالحين من الله to نفسي بله إله إلا الله محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم اللهم احرسني بعينك التي لا تنام وكنفني بكنفك الذي لا يرام وارحمني بقدرتك علي فلا أهلك وأنت ورجائي يا غياث يا غيات المستغيثين يا درك الهالكين يا درك الهالكين يا درك الهالكين اكفني شرك طارق ان يطرق بليل أو نهار إلا طارق ان يطرق بخير إن على كل شيء قدير بسم الله أرقي نفسي من كل ما يؤذي ومن كل حاسد الله شفائي بسم الله رقيت اللهم رب الناس اذهب الباس اشفي أنت الشافي وعافي أنت المعافي لا شفاء إلا شفاءك شفاء لا يغادر السقما ولا يا كافي يا وفي يا حميد يا مجيد ارفعني كل تاب شديد واكفني من الحدي والحديد والمرض الشديد والجيش العديد واجعلي نورا من نورك وعز من عزك ونصر من نصرك وباء من عطاء من عطائك وحراسة من حراستك وتأييد من تأييدك يا ذا الجلال والإكرام والمواهب العظام أسألك أن تكفينا من شر كل ذي شر إنك أنت الله الخالق الأكبر وصل الله على سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا طيبا مباركا في والحمد لله رب العالمين ظاهر وباطنا وعلى كل حال يا أرحم الراحمين سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين well done gentlemen